Section 70 of A Fair Mystery. This is a LibreVox recording. All LibreVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibreVox.org. Recorded by Gaby Cowan. A Fair Mystery by Bertha M. Clay. Chapter 70 The Coward's Threat. That is the first part of your declaration, said Lady Doris with the calm of infinite contempt. If I will promise to be your wife, you will promise to marry me. What if I refuse? You are placing a very painful alternative before me, he replied. Never mind the pain, my lord. We will waive that. I wish to know the alternative. If you will marry me, I will keep your secret, Lady Doris Studley, faithfully until death. Then, I clearly, distinctly, and firmly refuse to marry you. What then? In that case, I shall be compelled to take the most disagreeable measures. I shall be compelled to hold your secret as a threat over you, if you refuse to be my wife. I'll tell you, quite honestly, that I will make you the laughing-stock of all London. You, fair, beautiful, imperial, you shall be an object of scorn. Men shall laugh at you. Women turn aside as you pass by. Even the most careless and reckless shall refuse to receive you, shall consider you out of the pale. I will tell the whole world, if you compel me to do it, what you were to me in Florence. I will tell the handsome Earl, your father, whose roof in that case will no longer shelter you. I will tell your proud, high-bred stepmother, the haughty duchess who presented you at court, nay, even the queen herself, she who values a woman's good name far above all worldly rank. You would do all that? she said. Yes, just as soon as I would look at you. And you call that honor? No, it is, on the contrary, most dishonorable. Do not imagine that I seek to deceive myself. It would be about the most dishonorable thing any person could do. In fact, nothing could be more base. I grant that. But if you drive a man mad with love, what can he do? You compel me to take the step, or I would not take it. She could not grow paler. Her face was already ghastly white. But from her eyes there shot one glass that might from its anger and its fire have struck him blind you would not spare me she said because it was you yourself who led me to ruin i love you so madly he said that i cannot spare you at all have you thought she asked what if you do this deed the world will say of you and to you have you weighed this well I am indifferent, he said. I care for nothing on earth but winning you. Do you realize that in destroying me you destroy yourself? That you will make yourself more hated and despised than any man ever was before? Do you not see that? I repeat that nothing interests me, save winning you, Dora. I am quite willing to be destroyed with you. What would the world say to a man who deliberately destroys and ruins a girl as you did me? 
my dearest dora the world hears such stories every day and i am afraid rather admires the heroes of them what does it say then of cowardly men who having won such a victory boast of it i own that the world looks askance on such a man and very properly too it is a base cowardly thing to do what other curse is left me you drive me to it i have no wish to play such a contemptible part i have no wish to boast of a victory i shall hate myself for doing it but what else is there for it listen once and for all dora i cannot help calling you by the old familiar name i will have you for my wife i will marry you nothing i swear except death shall take you from me i will make you happy i will see that every desire of your heart is fulfilled but i swear you shall be my wife there is no escape no alternative either that or disgrace degradation and ruin do not think i shall hesitate for any fear of ruin to myself i would ruin myself to-morrow to win you you might as well try to stem the force of a tide as to alter my determination she saw that she was conquered mortifying humiliating as it was she was conquered there was no help for her she stood quite still for a moment then she said slowly will you give me time his face flushed hotly his triumph was coming a smile played round his lips and brightened his eyes time yes you can have as much time as you like you see the solution plainly do you not marry me and keep your fair name your high position defy me and lose it all you see it plainly yes there is no mistake about it you have made it most perfectly plain she said in a low passionless voice i quite understand you give me time to think it over i cannot decide it hurriedly what time do you require he asked i shall not be willing to wait very long it is june now she continued you cannot complain if i say give me until the end of august it shall be so dora will you give me your hand upon it no she replied i will not give you my hand come at the end of august and i will give you my answer i shall not be deprived of the happiness of seeing you until then dora i cannot say i will not be followed i will not be watched i claim my perfect freedom until then you shall have it do not think worse of me than i deserve dora if i had found you married i would not have spoken i would never even have hinted at the discovery but you are not married darling nor while i live shall any man call you wife except myself how bitterly at that moment she regretted not having been married if she had known if she had only known he should have found her the wife of early i have no wish to injure you or to do anything except make life pleasant for you but my love for you has mastered me 
it has conquered me you must be mine such passions shone in his eyes gleamed in his face that she shrunk back half frightened he laughed as he said it is one thing you see dora to light a fire another to extinguish it now will you leave me lord vivian you have placed the pleasing alternative very plainly before me we have agreed upon a time until you come for my answer that will be at the end of august until then your own good sense will show you the proper course to pursue you need neither seek nor avoid me he bowed i hope lady studley you will have overcome your great objection to my presence before you see me again i will now go let me give you one word of warning a desperate man is not to be trifled with if you attempt to escape me if you place yourself in any way legally out of my reach you shall answer to me not only with your fair name but with your life you hear i hear she replied calmly but i do not come of a race that heeds threats good morning my lord dora he said for the sake of old times of the old love will you not give me one kiss i could rather see you dead was the reply given with an angry bitterness she could not control he laughed aloud i shall soon see that pretty spirits humble he said good morning my lady and the next minute he was gone she stood for some little time where he had left her such fiery passion and anger surging in her heart as almost drove her mad her face flushed crimson with it her eyes flamed she twisted her white hands until the gemmed rings made great dents in them she hated him with such an intensity of hatred that she would have laughed over his death her graceful figure shook with its heavy strain of anger her lips parted with a low smothered cry i pray heaven to curse him she cried with a terrible life and terrible death to send him a thousandfold the torture he has given me i wish i could kill him in the might of her wrath she trembled as a leaf upon a tree she raised her right hand to heaven i swear i will never marry him she said let him threaten punish disgrace degrade me as he will i swear that i will never marry him i will lose love happiness wealth position nay even life first but i swear also that i will torture him and pay him for all he has made me suffer she walked to and fro never even seeing the brilliant blossoms and the glossy leaves trampling the fragrant flowers she gathered underfoot moaning with a low piteous wail it was too cruel too hard she had seen yes she knew that seen greatly but surely the punishment was too hard others sinned and prospered why was she so heavily stricken she was young when she sinned careless ignorant heedless now she was to lose all for it she had beauty that made all men her slaves 
she had wealth such as she had never dreamt of she had one of the highest positions in the land she had above all the love of early the love and filthy of early now in punishment for this one sin she must lose all could heaven spare her was it of any use in this her hour of dire need praying why in all her life her brief brilliant life she had never prayed was it of any use her beginning now she did not even remember the simple words of the little prayer she had been used to say with mattie at her mother's knee it was all forgotten she knew there was a god in heaven although she had always laughed and mocked at religion deeming it only fit for tiresome children and old women surely there was more in it than this she knelt down and stretched out her hands with a yearning look as though some voice in the skies would surely speak to her then she could not remember how it happened the fragrance of the flowers seemed to grow too strong for her the glass roof the green climbing plants the brilliant blossoms seemed to fall on her and crush her with a long low cry she fell with her face on the ground a streaming mass of radiant white and golden hair it was there that going in an hour afterward early found her and raising her from the floor thought at first that she was dead great was the distress great the consternation servants came hurrying in the doctor was sent for the earl and the countess returning were driven half frantic by the sight of that white face and silent figure it hardly reassured them to hear that it was only a fainting fit brought on what asked the earl in a fever of anxiety nothing more than the reaction after too great physical fatigue replied the doctor the lady doris looks stronger than she really is the best advice i can give is that she should leave london at once and have some weeks of perfect rest in the country medicine is of no use lady linley quite agreed in this view of the subject and the earl declared impetuously that they should go at once to-morrow if she is better he said i should not like such another fright that evening when lady doris lay on the little couch in lady linley's boudoir and early sat by her side he said to her what caused the sudden illness my darling did anything frighten you no i was only tired early tired i am beginning to dread the word do you know what they told me doris no she replied looking at him with frightened eyes what is it one of the servants said that she was quite sure that she heard someone talking to you in the conservatory but when i went in you were quite alone had anyone been there what nonsense she cried evasively time and experience had taught her that it was foolish to risk the truth recklessly i thought it was a mistake said loyal early who would be likely to be with you there when you had reserved the morning for me she closed her tired eyes and said to herself 
how thankful she should be when all this was over end of chapter seventy recorded by gabby cowan